Hey, I know you're probably driving or running or cleaning the house or doing something else when you're listening to this, but look, if you're a B2B marketer and you need to start generating revenue from your marketing, then you have to check out our 12-week program, the B2B Incubator. It's built for small, in-house B2B marketing teams with limited time and budget. We give you the strategy, the templates, and the tools to start driving revenue, not just leads. So if you're ready to act on all the advice Kevin and I give you, next time you take that first sip of coffee in the morning, make sure you head to the B2B Incubator and apply now. There's only 10 spots available per cohort with our next one launching at the end of May, 2024. Remember, the B2B Incubator, apply now so you don't miss out. We've had B2B marketing managers, CMOs, marketers in demand generals, content leads, and more all go through this program and they're currently executing the demand strategies that they've created. Some are now even contributing as much as 80% of the pipeline to their business after working through it. Make sure you check out the b2bincubator.com and apply now to start driving more demand and more revenue for your brand. Okay, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the B2B Playbook Podcast. Each week, we discuss strategies and tactics to help B2B businesses grow online. We're your hosts, Kevin and George, a couple of digital marketing professionals. We've waded through the noise and made the mistakes so you don't have to. The B2B world has changed and you need to put your customers at the heart of your marketing. We'll cover how you can use our framework, the five Bs, to create a brand that customers are ready to buy from, love and advocate for. We'll get insights from successful people in the industry and cover the latest trends to keep you on the cutting edge of the B2B world. If you're interested in B2B marketing strategies and tactics that work, then this podcast is for you. Subscribe to get the latest from the B2B playbook first. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer. Welcome back to the B2B Playbook. Listeners, today we are discussing the fourth B in our 5Bs framework. It is called Be Better, and we are very excited to share with you what it's all about. But before we do that, Kevin and I were just sitting down doing a little bit of planning from now to the end of the year, looking into next year. And Kev, you're going away for next year. You're leaving us. Where are you going? Well, not leaving, listeners, not leaving. We're, we're still doing the podcast, so don't worry. But I am physically going to be in a different location for much of next year. I'll be dotting myself around Europe for much of the year. Um, we'll be working remotely and hence the podcast will continue. The show must go on, George. We must keep talking about the great 5Bs framework that we've been talking about. The show must go on. Yeah, we've really got the ultimate flexible workplace here, don't we, Kevin? <laughs> we just kind of do it anytime, anywhere. We make it work. There's only the two of us, so it's pretty easy to keep track of everything and everyone. The Rugby World Cup, Kevin, that's all next year. I'm going to come over next year. I'm going to come in France. You are going to be in France around the same period. Is that right? I'm actually going to be leaving France pretty much as soon as it starts. <laughs> Thanks for the heads up, George. Uh, I'm not I'm not escaping you, as, as it might seem. I'm not escaping you and running away, but uh, I am running away from the inflated prices that do tend to come along with uh, Rugby World Cups and such big events. Well, it's pretty wild. I won't have seen you in the flesh for nine months. 
We'll finally be in the same region and you are leaving just before I get there. <laughs> and and you haven't taken up any of my recommendations on which Greek islands to go to. So thanks a lot, Kevin. <laughs> I hope you find a better George over there. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll be able to touch base at some point and maybe I'll find a couple of things to teach you, George, <laughs> about the Greek islands. <laughs> no, I kid. I kid. Uh, our itineraries are allowing. I do hope we'll make it out to some of your recommendations at some point. But, uh, yeah. All right, whatever, loser. Today we're talking about <laughs> the fourth B in our 5Bs framework. And, listeners, let's talk about the 5Bs framework just quickly. Now, the 5Bs framework is Kev and my step-by-step framework for evergreen, sustainable B2B marketing. It's B2B marketing that when executed over a long period of time is going to consistently generate revenue for your business. Now, the 5Bs, as a quick reminder, are be ready, be helpful, be seen, be better, and be the best. And right here on the podcast, we are dealing with each one in order, step-by-step, dedicating a season to each of them. Last season, we spoke for 20 plus episodes on the third B, which is be seen. Now, before that, as I said, it was all about be ready and be helpful. Now, those three Bs, listeners, they prepped you by ensuring that one, you deeply understand your dream customers. Two, you created content that was super helpful to them and that started to build a relationship of trust with them online. And three, In Be Seen last season, we showed you how to amplify your helpful content to the right people and therefore accelerate your growth. Now, this season, Kev, we're covering the fourth B, Be Better. What's that all about? Well, that's what we're talking about this episode, George. Um, We're going to be giving an overview of this whole season and we start by looking at what does Be Better mean and some of the main principles that you should take into approaching this suite of activities that comes with Be Better. And of course, also diving into a bit of detail around what are some of the key pillars or levers that you can start to systematically take in optimizing to the next level in Be Better. Long story short, Be Better isn't about waking up today and thinking, I'm going to be better. (laughs) I'm going to be better at everything that I'm doing currently in my B2B marketing. It's about hitting a point where you've got a lot of the foundations in your B2B marketing down. You've built the foundations, you've built the structure of the house, and now it's about how can you refine that process to make it more livable and perform better as a whole. It's about looking at the concept of optimizing your B2B marketing and thinking about where should you put your efforts? What extensions should you add on if we're talking about that house analogy and how to approach which ones to tackle first to get the most out of your B2B marketing resources. So Kev, the bottom line is then it's about really optimizing your workflow to just, I guess, cement yourself as the expert that you've set out to become. Now, a big part of that is using data, both qualitative and quantitative, to help you analyze and optimize. Especially now, you guys should be at a scale where you have a little bit more data. We're not expecting you to be at a stage where you have a ton of data flowing in. We're realistic about what most of you have, especially as smaller B2B businesses. But it's about how to look at that quantitative and qualitative data and start to use it to optimize your workflow. That's exactly it, George. You've hit the nail on the head. It's all about optimizing your workflow to cement yourself as the expert and start to build that industry-leading expertise that people are coming to rely on you for. 
And this is a space that George and I have historically worked in. Um, a lot of the work that we did on performance marketing side was in optimizing processes, was in figuring out how to approach optimizing the whole flow. And while we think it's important we realized that it has to be built on a solid foundation. So that's another reminder that if you haven't listened to the first three Bs of the framework, we strongly encourage you to go back and check out the earlier episodes and make sure that you're ticking that box, that you've got that solid foundation built before you come and look at the Be Better stage episodes that we're about to put out. Because this is all built on that solid foundation without which a lot of the things that we're talking about won't have the desired impact that you want it to have. That's it, Kev. I mean, we almost learned our framework backwards, didn't we? We sort of had the be better part down well before we were into our B2B journey. So we're all about optimizing workflow, optimizing process and using data to help make that better. But to be honest, Kev, you and I actually really lacked those foundations. So that's what we were so keen to share those foundations first up in the B2B playbook and why it makes sense uh, for you listeners to go through and make sure you have those foundations in place first. So Kev, how should you approach being better? Well, like all other concepts and parts of our framework, we don't believe that you should jump head in first without actually thinking about how to approach a particular topic. And with being better, right off the bat, we want to cover a few general principles that you should keep in mind. These really apply across most of the framework, and they're going to sound a little familiar to some of the things we've already talked about. Just a reminder that you should go into this stage focusing on these principles at the back of your mind. So the first one is the 80-20 principle and also think about your why again. The 80-20 is really key, isn't it, Kev? We always get people to start with the 80-20 principle because that's what helps you identify your dream customers. Now, listeners, your dream customers, remember, they're not the people that pay you the most in revenue. They're the ones that fit your business like a glove. They're the ones that don't keep you back after hours, and they're the ones that are going to help you get to where you want to go in the future. Now, your why is really your brand story, why you exist as a company and who you exist to serve. So those are so fundamental to nail down. And it's so important to identify those, Kevin, because they give us focus. And that focus then helps us identify who our Dream 100 is. And a quick reminder, listeners, your Dream 100 is not your dream list of top 100 clients that you'd love to have. It's the top 100 places that your dream customers are hanging out online and offline so you know where you can go to influence them. George, I think you touched on a very important point there, focus. Focus really is the theme of this Be Better stage, isn't it? It's all about, okay, you've now got a bit of data, you've now got foundations, you've got things happening in your business, in your B2B marketing. There's a bunch of other things that you could be doing now to improve that process. Where do you start? And this is all about how do you figure out where to focus your energy? So that's why we're talking about the 80-20 principle. That's why we're talking about your why, because they're the foundational principles that's really going to guide your thinking in this stage. Figure out who your best customers are, focus in on the 20% that's driving most of your revenue, and make sure that those clients those type of clients are aligned to your why, your business's why. And when you're analyzing your business's why and applying the 80-20 principle, naturally you're gonna be talking about Dream 100 as George said, but also remember your dream customer avatars that you did before. Make sure to bring that front and center again. Make sure to focus in on your best users' needs, wants, and thought processes, and let that guide you 
in terms of how you should focus in your energy in the be better stage. Let what you already know lead the way. All right, Kev, well, let's run through the pillars in being better. Now, the first one, Kev, one that, you know, is essential. I don't mind, but it's one that you love. What is it? It's reporting, George. And listeners, just for your context, all these pillars, we're going to deep dive in the coming episodes into particular topics within them as well towards the end of the season. So this is really an overview. But as George said, the first one, one that I really love is reporting. And reporting is talking about things like what you really need to have in your reporting to make it useful to both yourself, your wider team, and importantly, your boss and your executive team. As part of this, we're going to be talking about some specific concepts and metrics to look at for different stages of your growth, um, as we have done for previous stages, but now we're talking about the Be Better stage and how you can go about building that report that makes sense for your business and your team. All right, folks, quick breather here. In my time in B2B marketing, generally I've come to realize that there are just certain tools that can be an absolute game changer. And that's why I'm really excited to talk about Leadfeeder. Uh, It's a tool that helps you cut through the data and turn those website visitors into solid leads and opportunities for your business. Leadfeeder shows you which companies are checking out your site, tracking their behavior, and it integrates all of this with your CRM. And the result is it's basically like a secret weapon for targeted lead engagement, and it really makes it easier for your team to convert website traffic into sales. Head to leadfeeder.com, give it a free demo, and you'll also get a free extended premium trial when you let the rep know that you found out about Leadfeeder through the B2B Playbook podcast. That's leadfeeder.com. Okay, check it out. Back to the show. I think it's a great place for us to kick off, Kevin, because reporting is so important in keeping everyone on the same page, not just you guys in the marketing team, but there's reporting that you have to do to your stakeholders too. So what you report on determines what they focus on. And so it's very important that we get that right. And as Kev mentioned, it's going to vary depending on your stage of growth and the kind of business that you are. So that'll be great to dig into that. The next one, Kev, is CRO, conversion rate optimization. What the hell does that mean, Kevin? (laughs) Well, in a simple sense, George, it's about how to test and optimize your website and communications in a very systematic and structured way and with a strategy in mind. As with most things, we don't approach it just with a test and see what happens and what sticks to the wall approach. We do have a system for it, which we'll dig into. Um, But for now, it's important to note that this encompasses things like what sort of product demos you should have on your website. Maybe you should bring in more uh, screenshots of what your product looks like on the homepage so that people are understanding what your product is so that in the onboarding process, that flow is a lot easier. And that's just an example of what CRO can do for your business. It's about really putting that customer at the heart of your online assets, isn't it? At the heart of your website. So they have that opportunity to educate themselves. We've spoken about it before, Kevin, but the way that people want to buy is changing. People like to self-educate and a lot of B2B businesses, their websites are stuck you know, in the state that they were five, maybe 10 years ago. And we need to update that. So yes, conversion rate optimization, it is 
partly to do with turning website visitors into leads, but it's also about making sure they're getting the information that they need to make the right decision about whether they should do business with you. And often the industry focuses in on the website when they're talking about CRO, but if we take that one step further, what George was saying, putting your customer at the center of your marketing, CRO then becomes a much broader journey that people often neglect. So it will include things like once a user is in your ecosystem, they're following your LinkedIn page, they're in your product. What else can you do to improve their user experience? All those little tweaks that you make along the way are part of the CRO process as well. So it's actually a lot deeper than people think, but we're gonna give you a framework to think through that as well. All right, Kev, well, the next pillar is affiliates. And I love talking about affiliates. Sometimes affiliates, I don't know, they get a bad reputation. And I think it's just because people don't do it right. Now, what we're going to be talking about is really how listeners, you guys can maximize your affiliate marketing and turn affiliates into true partners. When you're true partners, you both get a lot out of the relationship. We're going to take that a step further and we're going to look at how you can turn your best customers into advocates using customer advisory boards. We've already lined up an amazing uh, an amazing guest on this topic from Chili Piper, who has got a super customer advisory board program up and running there already. So she'll be able to share her insights with you in addition to our own learnings. Listeners, we've given this section the title of affiliates because that's one that a lot of people are familiar with, but we like to re-educate this idea of affiliates to extend, as George said, beyond that term and really into this idea of having true partners to your business. Because as we've spoken about in previous stages, your affiliates become your true partners, A lot of your Dream 100 list will hopefully become those true partners and that's how you can really achieve the scale in a very efficient way for your business growth. And this season, when we talk about affiliates, we're going to dig into a lot of the details about how to set that up, how to approach optimizing that process of having an affiliate program and turning those into true partners to the level where they could potentially even be enterprise level partners of your business with elements of both your platforms and products and services integrated together. That's it. We're really bundling in affiliates, uh, your best customers, and really even channel partners all into one there because they should all serve a similar purpose. Kev, the next pillar is, well, there's plenty of acronyms here, so I'll get you to explain each of them, but we've got CRMs, CDPs, CMSs, and data. Go on, Kevin. Well, George, the next step in scale often involves a lot of data wrangling and efficiency improvements as a result of using that data to your advantage as you scale. As you start to get more and more data into your business, you're really gonna need some systems to support the growth of your business. And things like CRM, CDPs, so on and so forth, will really help you do that. CRMs, the first one is Customer Relationship Management Systems. So one that most people are familiar with is something like a HubSpot. Another example is Salesforce, and those are the platforms where it really stores the interactions that you have with your customers so that your sales team and you and the marketing team can really analyze what's happening in that interaction process at scale with a number of customers. Now, CDPs, the next acronym that George mentioned, stands for Customer Data Platforms. One example is Segment. A lot of people might have heard of Segment. And effectively what it is, is a piece of software that combines data from multiple tools. 
and creates a single centralized source of customer data. The way to think about CDPs is it's often that funnel point where all your data funnels to and then funnels out from. So it's the point where you can control the quality of data and data flows. And that's exactly what Segment does and what CDPs generally do. As your business gets bigger, there's a need to integrate and collate all your different data sources together so they're not being siloed. So you might have data living in your advertising platforms like Facebook or Google Ads. You might have financial data living in something like a Stripe and you might even have a customer relationship system or CRM set up already, which has a different set of data again. So how do you integrate all those things together so that you can actually action off insights that is consistent across all those platforms? That's where CDPs come in. Now, CMS is the next acronym that George mentioned, and that's a content management system. This one is just an application used to manage content, allowing multiple contributors to either create, edit, or publish content. Generally, it's attached to your website or whatever your website is uh, using. So something like WordPress is an example of that. And that one is something that you probably already have in place, but it's probably something that you can leverage more to improve how your website works. And those are all just examples of data platforms and things that you could potentially use and leverage and optimize to really take the scale of your business to the next step with data. Well done getting all those acronyms out, Kevin. They are confusing, so thank you for that. The next pillar, listeners, is sales analysis. Now, marketing and sales have been at odds for a very, very long time. So we'll be talking about how you guys can work with sales and can start looking at some joint reporting so you can be working towards a same common goal. So that'll be an awesome episode where we really dig in what KPIs, marketing and sales should share. As we get a bit deeper, we'll also talk about optimizing EDMs as a topic. So some of the plays that you can do in EDMs that you might already be building and how to optimize them. Listeners, finally, we're going to look at testing and optimizing paid channels. Now, a lot of you have some paid channels up and running, or you're going to be getting into it at this point in your journey. So we'll be revisiting the principles of testing those paid channels and really finding out what your best mix is. As part of that, we're going to look at some tools on attribution modeling. Now, we'll let you know whether it's the right time for your business to consider it. And if you are looking at it, how big of a grain of salt should you take with it when you're examining the impact of attribution modeling on your advertising? George, the last one that we will probably cover off in the Be Better stage is events. Um, it's almost like another pay channel, isn't it? It's almost like another channel that you can advertise your business through. Uh, but we do have some very interesting insights and thoughts around live and virtual events, particularly now that we're coming out of the pandemic in a lot of places. And we're really talking about getting back to live events, but also leveraging what we've learned in the last couple of years about virtual events. Events are back, baby. I can't wait to get into that. You know, there's such a great opportunity to network with dream customers, to involve dream customers, to get your brand out there, to get your point of view across, to show that you're a great expert in the field. Anyone can do them. And so we're very excited to get into that. Well, listeners, that's the overview of the season to come. We'll leave you with a couple of key takeaways for this episode. As we mentioned this season, we're going to be talking about how to optimize your B2B marketing and how to build extensions on your B2B marketing house. 
but remember to keep in mind the general principles that we've discussed before. Things like the 80-20 principle, your business's why, dream customer avatars, and the dream 100. Make sure to keep all these things in mind as we go through the season. They will form the basis of your approach to be better. Very nicely done, Kevin. Listeners, What's been such a joy over the last three seasons is, Kevin, I've had a number of you reach out and say hello on LinkedIn, whether it's to tell us that you're enjoying the podcast, to ask for some clarity on a particular episode, or just have a question that we haven't addressed. We absolutely love hearing from you, dear listeners, and it's so encouraging, Kevin, that we probably get, you know, at least three a week now, which is wonderful. So thank you so much, listeners. Don't be shy. Reach out and say hi. Definitely. Even for me, uh, I'm a bit more shy than George's generally. I love getting those messages and I love carrying on those conversations in DMs as well. Fantastic. Well, listeners, as per usual, you can find links to everything we discussed in the show notes. Now, next week, we're going to dive deeper into Be Better and give you the details of how to optimize your reporting. Listeners, we're so grateful that each week more and more marketers tune in every Monday morning to the B2B Playbook. If we can ask one thing, it would be to please leave us a short review on whatever platform it is you listen on or pass it on to someone who you think would get some value from the show. It's a huge help to us and we'd really, really appreciate it. Take care. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, listeners. See you next week. Thank you, George. Thank you, listeners. See you next week. A quick note before you go, listeners, you can find more great content and get in touch with us at theb2bplaybook.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter while you're there to get the latest news, tips, and resources from our playbook. We'll be back the same day and same time with another episode next week. Thanks for tuning in to the B2B Playbook. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer.